All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. What's going on, good people of the internet? It is time for OnComicsGrounds.com flagship podcast, panel to panel, where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are back here once again, once again, after a little bit of time off with the current situation we have going on across, across the, the world. We have had a little bit of time off trying to deal with, with social distancing and everything, but we have returned remotely as we usually do anyway. But we have uh, made it back to one, each other once again. Travis will not be here this evening uh, due to a quick spot of strep throat that he was hit with. Thankfully, it isn't anything other than that. But he will be back soon enough to uh, join us once again. But this evening, we have a special guest, and we will get to him in a moment. But don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, all those great podcast platforms. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Well, no, just Twitter. On P- at PTP underscore podcast, and you can check out the website on Comics Grounds Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground and the website on Comics Ground.com with some hyphens between those words. That way, you can check out all of our reviews, previews, and solicitations that we release normally we, uh, we, every weekday, but currently we're kind of just on a pause because of the, the current situation. But we will be releasing some back issue reviews coming out soon, so get ready for that because with everyone inside, we need some good books to read. So get ready to check out that. All right, my name is James Portis. Uh, we're 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 all inside, uh, trying to keep our sanity. Uh, to <laughs> my left, we ha- uh, we have my amazing co-host who is somehow surviving the current situation we are all suffering, and not like going insane like I am. Uh, Mary, how are you doing today? No one said I wasn't going insane. <laughs> I mean, you seem more stable than me on Twitter, trying to have conversations with folks. I don't. I'm not doing too hot, but you know what? We're here. James, last night I just posted an entire thread that was nothing but panda gifts. So, like, that's how I'm making it through. That's awesome. I need to go see this thread later. Oh my god, that sounds awesome. Um, but uh, other than oh, now that we're past the panda gifts and everything, but how are you doing today, Mary? I'm doing okay. I have tea. I have pop tarts. I'm ready to go. Ooh, what kind? Oh, just like the super duper chocolate ones. 
Oh, okay. Okay. And then our special guest for the evening, we have the amazing comic writer who has released some different one shots. The one that we wanted to spotlight this evening was the world's strongest from Action Lab. We have writer Juan Ponce. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Is there anything you want to like shout out, plug, any any projects you have going on before we get into this interview? Sure. Okay. So my Twitter handle is at L Ozymandias. And well, I have stuff coming up, but I don't know if I could talk about most of it, but uh, look forward to some short stories really soon. Uh, I have a story called A Match coming out with a Georgia Cambodias. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the projects you can look forward to. All right. All right. Well, um, in terms of sort of like, like normally how we do things when we bring someone on, we want to know their origin story, their zero issue. What was the thing that got you into comics that we can kick off with uh, for everybody? Okay. So I was just talking to my wife about this, actually. I, <laughs> I think, because, yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, I think comics came to me. I didn't come to comics. So, like, when I was in college, they gave me the book Persepolis. And I like such a good book. Oh, it is. Oh, yes, yes, it is. I, and I read it, and uh, I probably read it like when I was like I don't know, nineteen, and then probably like two years passed, and I don't know why. I just I had to reread it, and I just reread that book, and then I reread the what is it? I I read the following one, and then after that, it just it just led me to other books. From there, I, I'm like, oh, this is great. Hey, what is this mouse thing Amazon's recommending? And then from there, I went to Mouse, and then from there to Watchmen, and then just I became obsessed with Alan Moore, Frank Miller, and yeah, like that's just how I got started in comics, like loving them. I just got addicted like hard. And uh, um, Persepolis, that is such a good introduction into the medium as a whole. It's such a powerful story. Yes. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It really teaches you the language of comics, the power they have. It, it's yeah, it's it's great. All right, all right, Mary. Do you want to kick off, off from here? Yeah, just give me half. Let me take a sip. Mm. Sorry, I have a touch of a sore throat tonight. I swear I will get healthy eventually. I have just. Been in a I was say you've been recovered from the brink of death recently. I know I got I, I caught whatever I thought I think I caught Concrete after C2E2, and then it's just kind of spiraled out from there. And it certainly does not help that it's allergy season. Well, yeah. Okay, so the um the the book that we're talking about tonight, and the reason why we asked Juan to come on is that it is a, a digital release for a one-shot book called The World's Strongest. It is about a mother, a wife, an accountant, and she's a superhero too. And it's such it, it, it's such a sweet book. And it really is. Well, thank you. I, I think um, a lot of kids, you know, like to look up to their parents as superheroes, because I mean for me, my dad was certainly a superhero for me. And so mm -hmm. I think this is kind of um, it, it's a lot of fun and it you, you get to see um samantha be a superhero and you know juggle kids and whatnot with it so i think my first question is um what was um the inspiration for this book like what what made you decide that this was a story you wanted to write well I, so i wrote this i wrote this story um it's called uh, a moment in time it was like my first like big short 
Uh, I did it with uh, Ariana Mayer and uh, Beverly Johnson. And, um, you know, the story was like about this this old woman that makes a, like she goes in search of the Loch Ness Monster, like, because it was like something her and her husband shared. It was like a, uh, like the, the, a sign of their friendship, of their love. And the thing about it is the, the main focus was about this older woman. And I just thought it was so interesting to write this story from the perspective of, of a woman because I, I just felt like there's so much more there. You know, we, we've seen the story of like the, the old man, you know, and everything that, you know, from the male perspective. And I really fell in love writing this story about like this, this elderly woman looking for the Loch Ness Monster. So when I finished that story, it, like, I thought to myself, you know, why don't I tell a superhero story that's grounded in the reality of today and do it through the perspective of a woman again? And the inspiration for it was was my mom. You know, she it was the same thing. Like my mom would work like these graveyard shift. You know, I, I'd see her maybe like four hours a day growing up, if even that sometimes like like two weeks, like I wouldn't see her. But, you know, she would always work hard and she'd be there. You know, and she and she did it. So, you know, I could go to college and have these opportunities. So I thought to myself, you know what, like, what's a better story than a superhero that's like this hardworking mother who who gives it all for her family and for society? And that's pretty much how it came about. I just thought a lot about my mom, about my wife, too. You know, she's always grinding. And yeah. And well, OK, so just to backtrack a bit, <laughs> I'm, I'm from South Los Angeles, so the world I grew up in is predominantly African-American. Like the, my biggest role models are uh, women of color, you know, uh, African-American women. These are just the people that I see. Like I grew up and I grew up seeing and admiring. So when I wrote this story, like I knew Samantha Pierce had to be African-American because that's where I see strength. That's the world I grew up in. And yeah, it just seemed realistic to me. It seemed like a great story of, of a hardworking woman. Yeah. <laughs> Hope that's okay. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. That's great. Uh, no, it absolutely is. And I like that in the story, I'm trying not to give too much away here, but you know, you can get this on Comixology and I highly suggest that you do. But th does. there's even a moment where we see her kind of get a hit in her professional life as well. Because, you know, someone gets promoted ahead of her and, um, you know, she trained this guy. And so I think it's interesting, you know, like you were just talking about, that we get to kind of see it from, you know, different areas of Samantha's life. If, yeah, definitely. If that made any sense at all. No, yeah, de definitely. Yeah, and, and I'm really glad you pointed that out. So that scene was very important to me. Like, early on, um, when, I, when I was working, because originally this story was actually going to be a short story. It was going to be one of my other short stories. But my uh, artist Matthew Gelman, my collaborator, he and editor, he he told me he's like, dude, this sh this should be a longer story, and I just had the main beats, including that that scene, and I thought to myself, you know what? Yeah, let's make it a full issue. Let's let's go, and I, I really wanted to carry on that scene. Like no matter what else got scrapped, that one had to stick in there, because the thing is. Um, how do I start? Okay, so I'm I'm not a woman, you know, and I'm not African American, but I am a man of color, you know, and I get it. I I've been there, like where you're overlooked, you know, and people don't even know sometimes that they're doing what they're doing, like because it's it's just the way society has us going. 
So I wanted to I wanted to get that through. Like Samantha, like her coworker Blake, he's he's you know he's not a bad dude. No, don't by any means. I don't even think he knows what he's doing is wrong. But it's just it's little things like that that happen every day that I think are important to capture. You know, because yeah, it's just it's just part of the struggle. And yeah, that, that meant a lot to me. That that scene right there. And not only that, another, like, like what's almost parallel to that, like, because you normally see like the almost like demonization of the second job they have, or like the first job of their normal identity, kind of being like of a superhero, kind of being that like pain in their side. But you're right, the, the dude's just getting a promotion and happens to just get it. He's not like being mean to Samantha or anything like that. And then you look at what she says towards the end with the real villains of she's dealt with struggle in her life before she she's not afraid to deal with it when she's already been kicked down before that spoke to me highly as a a person of color and to see that happen when we do constantly deal with the struggle we do so like that stuck out to me a lot like you don't want to speak on that one at all Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, and that was the point. Yeah, I'm really glad that that you pointed that out. Like that they go, yeah, because that was exactly it. Like you see what she goes through on a daily basis, just the social struggle. This is just, you know, this is her Tuesday. This is this is what she goes through, and she always goes through this. And yeah, it's like the world keeps on pushing you down, but we just got to keep pushing back. Like we just got to keep going, and that's just that's just our struggle. Like as a people, like you know not just people of color, but, you know, women, minorities, like, this is what we deal with every day, and that's kind of, like, why she's the world's strongest, because, yeah, she's literally the world's strongest human being, but she's also got a lot of heart. She's she's strong because society also made her strong. Okay, and then, like, one, one thing that, that I was trying to figure out as to why you were doing this across the entire book was... Like, what made you not want to tell more of an origin story for for this character? Because like, she doesn't even really say what her name is. Like, the 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 city named her Black Swan. Like, what made you sort of just jump right in as sort of like a midpoint or like a chapter two for this one, like this one shot? Yeah, good question. So, like, what I think it is is a little bit of is you know the idea of labeling, you know, like. People, like, sometimes we, we judge other people, you know, like I said, like, without even knowing. Like, we don't know what we're doing. We think it's okay, but, you know, maybe it's not. You know, like, they give her the name Black Swan. You know, I'm pretty sure Metro City didn't mean it in a bad way, you know. But like she says, before, when she had the motorcycle helmet, she was the Metro City warrior, you know, because they probably didn't know she was a female. You know, they probably, you know, that she was a woman of color. She takes it off. Suddenly she's black swan because, you know, and maybe it's true. Like the colors do match literally how a black swan looks. But at the same time, it's like they're not thinking about what they're saying. And the reason I, you know, I started I started off the whole issue with like that big punch. You know, like we don't know much about her. We just we get that she's the world's strongest woman and we see that she's heroic. But that's it. Like, we're just like, we're like the people of Metro City. This is what we see. You know, we we don't know much about her. And as the story goes on, we get to know Samantha. We get to know the stuff that bothers her, her her everyday grind. But, you know, it was it was important to just show, like, the idea of seeing, perceiving, and coming up with these labels for people, you know, and even for superheroes. 
you know, I, I kind of did relate it kind of back to like, you think about some of the, you know, Silver Age heroes and the names they gave them, you know, like may, maybe people didn't mean, mean it in a bad way, you know, but they created these characters and they associated certain things with the names they gave them. And yeah, so that that's that's why. Hopefully that answered it. <laughs> oh no, that definitely didn't answer it. Mary, you got one for him? Uh, I do. Um, you know, reading it, I, I actually kind of ended up falling in love with John, uh, who, for people listening, um, John is Samantha's husband. And they have such a, a wonderful relationship, even in just a few pages. Like, uh, you know, he, he worries about her. And at one point when uh, somebody dares to disrupt the sanctity of Ice Cream Tuesday, which, <laughs> I mean, come on now, we all like, we all love Ice Cream Tuesday. Same. But, you know, she she is in her, uh, her uh, public identity, if you will. But, you know, he's the one that steps in and does it. And I like that uh, representation of a mutual partnership. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, the, the fact that, you know, he, he is confident within you know, the family within his job, but, you know, still gives Samantha the agency to be the superhero, but, you know, at the same time, he's still going to protect his family. I really, really liked that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love writing John too. Like to me, it was like, I want, like, I think when two people are in love, you know, that's the way it should be, you know, they should be supportive of one another. And I, and I really wanted to carry that across. And when you know when when he goes in there and uh, he, he kind of saved the saves the day right there, so Samantha doesn't have to. Like it's kind of like he he loves his wife, but she's also his best friend, and he admires her. Because at the end, when he after he does what he does, he says like you know I'm inspired by your mom. You know I'm inspired I'm inspired by Samantha. He tells his daughter, and I think that's that's like a sign of like a really good like when you're when you love someone. I think that's what it is. I think I think they're your friend. And I think you admire them. And that's the way it should be. You should support one another. And I really wanted to carry that across because, yeah, I think, like, since they're married, I I think he wouldn't hide that. You know, he, he I mean, well, she wouldn't hide that. She wouldn't hide that she's a superhero. I She would, like, lay it all on the table for John because that's her best friend. And I think it's such a nice um, counterexample to particularly what goes on what's going on in big uh, big two superhero books right now where you know if you want the superhero to have a source of you know drama you immediately go to the character uh, romantically associated with them mm-hmm. and so i think it, it, it's a lot of fun seeing it the other way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah yeah no definitely yeah like i feel like yeah, like John is, like he's he he were like we see in this issue like they have like this they've had years together probably of dealing with this but now that it's getting real now that Samantha has to deal with like these powerful mechs that are as strong as her maybe even stronger they don't know like John is getting worried you know and he's not trying to control her life he's letting her know like you know you're my best friend you you mean the world to me I admire you. And I just don't want you to get hurt, you know? And it's like, I don't, John is like, he's literally like her sidekick, you know? I, I, it'd be like, I don't know, Robin in danger or something. Like, he can handle his own, but yeah, he's, he's right there. He like, he, he's right there always to support her. Yeah. 
for me, uh, one thing that stuck out was that like uh, you have John who who knows the secret, you have her mom who knows the secret, but the daughter seems like the only one that wasn't clued in. Um, what was your intent behind that, and not like sort of making it a like a whole family partnership kind of thing, or even like that old cliche of like the the, the child almost spilling the beans during show and tell kind of thing could have happened? Like, what, what was your intent behind that? I think that I think Samantha is she just doesn't think it's the right time to tell her daughter right now. Like her daughter really admires her. Well, ad- admires her, but admires Black Swan a lot. She's a fan. You know, if she were to tell her daughter, I'm pretty sure she'd be super like happy, but she chooses not to because it's I think she considers it mm, kind of yeah, like like it's it's better if she doesn't know because it's it's just like why would you want to put that pressure on your child you know because like she thinks mommy's going to that second job that's probably another office job you know telemarket or something you know like knowing that her mom is black swan is awesome but now like you know just like her husband she knows there's mechs she knows there's big things coming after her and you see the toll it takes on her other family members and i'm pretty sure she just doesn't want that for her daughter yet now hmm, i don't know if i could say this well, okay, so actually, I really dug this book. Like, and it was super cool of them to take a chance on a one shot because, well, like, no one really takes a chance on a one shot. These things are like, yeah, it's, it's usually not what publishers do. Now, I don't know how much I could say, but screw it. Like, if the book does well, you could probably maybe this might not just be a one shot. Oh, that and would be awesome. That would be, exciting. yeah, and. Yeah, it would it would be awesome. <laughs> but I I do have an idea. Like if I get to make more, I'd love for that talk to happen where she does find out. And I'd like to do it the only way you could do it is super heroics, like big and crazy. Okay. Mhm. That'd be really cool. Yeah, like, uh, like I hope I hope I get the chance. Yeah, we'll see. So, like, hey, everybody, uh, you could get a get a digital <laughs> copy. Run, run to your Comicsology digital store. Hurry. Yeah, and uh, I've I've got a few uh, just surface questions. Um, I, I'm I'm the kind of person that loves to know every little detail. But um, what is the source of Samantha's superhero abilities? Ooh, ah. Uh... <laughs> Or are you able to, like, give that away now or not? Yeah. Well, it... Okay. Mm, I I think I have to probably hold up on that because I would love to explore it. Uh, You guys read Zero Year, right? Batman Zero Year? Yes. Yeah, like, I really really like that book. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Ooh. 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 As an as an avid uh, like fan, yeah, but like t- two of us, I get it. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, it's. I'll say this: like, it's definitely ingrained in her DNA. Like, this is who she is. Okay. Yeah, we love a sneak peek. Yeah, this is. Yeah, Samantha. Yeah, this is something that, huh, that maybe, you know, like, 
yeah, it could be maybe something family related. You know, it's a very family oriented book. Okay. I'm digging this. And um, my other question is, um, at what point um, did you decide that you wanted this to be an all ages book? Because, you know, when I was reading it in tone and in feel, it's actually a um, very similar to uh, Jeremy Whitley's Princess, a princess that is also throughout. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's fun to kind of see the theme, uh, the the, uh, the tone in both books be similar. Well, I am a huge fan of Miss Marvel. Like mm -hmm. G, G Willow Wilson's Miss Marvel is like one of my favorite superhero runs. I love it, and. I wanted to make something similar. I wanted to make a book that, you know, somebody like children could read because I, I think it's, I think it's a great market. I do. I, I think making superheroes like that give you hope and inspiration in, in a world in which, you know, there doesn't have to be like this mass, like violence or cuss words. Like I, I like it. I love, I love like stories like Miss Marvel or, or, or Miles Morales, Spider-Man. I, I love, I love those books. And uh, I really, from the moment I started outlining the book, I knew that I wanted it to be something. At that time, you know, I, I didn't know I was going to be a dad, but I was like, hey, if I ever have, you know, a little <laughs> girl, I, I'd love for her to pick it up. But as soon as she could read, I, I would love for her to read this or I could read it to her. And yeah, like it just so have like post-production, I find that I'm going to be a dad, which is crazy. Like, it, but it worked out. Yeah, this is, it's great. Like, I just, I wanted it to be something I could read to my nieces and nephews and you know, my, my daughter, just like I would read her, uh, Miss Marvel. That, that's so sweet. That is, that's really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, the idea of there being more all ages superhero books that we, we haven't really seen that in a while. Like, yeah, there's like, there's books like Miss Marvel and Miles Morales, but to have that kind of superhero out there, it could be really cool to see that grow. I would love to see that go on. And oh, me too. And especially <laughs> since it's still um, a developing genre, if you will, in the modern age of comics. As I, I think, you know, especially mm -hmm. since the advent of, you know, Kamala as Miss Marvel, we've really seen uh, comics take a huge shift in the expansion of the young adult market. Has been, it, it's just been, it's been wonderful. Because it, I think it serves as a um, a great uh, entry point for you know kids to get into comics. Because you know when I was a kid and I was you know reading my dad's old uh, Superman issues from the eighties, I certainly did not understand everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, having these books that you know the kids are able to fully engage in the story. But at the same time, they're not just strictly for kids. Yes. And I think that's something that uh, G. Willow Wilson did very, very well. Is mm -hmm. that, you know, Miss Marvel was a fantastic book for kids, but it's not just for kids. And I got that same feeling reading this. is like, you know, yes, it is an all-ages book, but, you know, all-ages means everybody. So. Yeah, and that's why I also made the protagonist. You know, Samantha's like, she's, she's 38. You know, I also wanted to make a story that like that people like us could relate to. Like this is this is not like she's not as young as like Spider-Man. You know, she's she's she may she's even a little older probably than Bruce Wayne. This is this is the working class hero 
And, you know, like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a story where, like, yeah, the, the kids, like, hopefully the world is is magical enough that they're like, yeah, I, I can get into this. But also the adults are like, oh, yeah, I get that. All right, I totally feel that. I, I, I get what she's going through. Excellent. Um, one thing that I even noticed is because I even got sort of a black lightning vibe from the book of the idea <laughs> of being that parent who's also a, like a hero kind of feel. Is there any hope in the future of like sort of tackling not not necessarily adult issues, but more everyday issues that people of color face? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yes. Like, for example, like that work, that that office scene. Oh, I would love to expand on that. I'd love to expand on because, like I said, I don't think Blake is a is I don't think he's not a bad dude. You know, he's young, he's he's a little arrogant, but you know, a- everyone's a little arrogant at some point in their life. Like we, when we're young, we we do things that sometimes, in hindsight, we're like, oh man, that was really dumb, you know. But we don't notice it at the time. And I'd love to explore that. I'd like, I'd like for us to see characters grow. And their interactions with Samantha and Samantha, like maybe teaching them something and learning something off of them too, like still gr- herself growing because we never stop growing. That's another thing. Like as people, we we always evolve. You know, we be we become better people by getting to experience things from other people's perspective. And I would love to explore that. You know, just in the office scene, but just overall Metro City. I want you know, like what if they knew that maybe she's not so happy with the name black swan what are they gonna do you know they they love her they love her and at the same time you have like these robots who clearly were made you know to essentially kill samantha in case something happens or maybe just you know for any reason just to have these guys ready to like you know put her like try to control her you know I, i like to explore that dynamic too like there's a lot going around samantha and a lot of it is it goes back to like social issues and i'd love to go into that Excellent. Excellent. Um, Mary, you got anything else to add on this? Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm trying to make sense of my notes. I have the uh, the um, uh, I, I have very unfortunate penmanship, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> I hear that. Like, uh, I'm looking at literally chicken scratch next to me, and these are supposed to be an outline for a book. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been there. That is hilarious. Um, I think the bit like the the thing that I want to definitely commend you on is that like you do write these characters as normal people. There's always that fear that I, after talking to like a couple of different uh, like writers who are people of color, that fear of stepping out on like, like a different, a different uh, person's platform mm-hmm. and trying to actually convey the right tone because like throughout history of comics, we definitely had the sort of like jive talking black exploitation era of, of black culture and comics and I do really like that they come off as normal people. You're not trying to talk in a way that isn't them or isn't you. So I, I really do appreciate that specifically. Thanks, but I, I can't take full credit on that. Um, like I, like I, I grew up in like an area that's like just full of you know African American people, Hispanic people, Central American people. Like so, you know, I, I, I my whole life I, I grew up like 
knowing that we, we talk normal, <laughs> you know, like we're, we're not these like uh, caricatures that, you know, that, that have been in films and stuff. But at the same time, I knew that, you know, I, I'm, 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 I was born in Mexico. So, and I, I came here like at three years old and, you know, like my point of view is, it's not, it's, it, it, I could get in other people's shoes, but I'm still going to need a little bit, bit of help. So from the moment I knew this was going to be uh, an, a whole entire issue, I contacted Steens, like my editor, uh, Christina. She's, she's awesome. Like, uh, I, I told her, like, you know what, like, since day one, I've thought about you to be the editor for this. And like, can you help me make sure that these characters sound great, that this book is like going, like it's following the right track. And, and she did, you know, she, she, she definitely told me, Hey, you know, this doesn't sound like this sounds, this doesn't sound like how people talk. Can you, can you fix this? I'm like, sure. You know, she even pointed out stuff in the art where she's like, mm, you know, like maybe add, change the lighting here. Like she made this book so much better and so much more realistic. So yeah, like it's, uh, I, I owe a huge thank you to Steens. She, she's like, I really hope if, I don't know, because now I think she's like really somebody huge in a Mad Cave Studios. I, I, that's where I knew that name from. I'm like, don't I know this? Wasn't I just having a talk with Chris Sanchez? And then I heard that I'm like, ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. She, um, so I wanted her when actually when I started writing the script, I wanted her. And she was at that time at, um, uh, what is that? The uh, Lionforge. She was at Lionforge. So like. Yeah, and I, I loved her voice, but I knew she wasn't going to, like, you know, she's at Lionforge. She, she probably doesn't have time for no indie book. But then as soon as I saw that she had a, a availability, I jumped. I'm like, hey, hey, I have a book, and I, I you're, like, perfect for it. Like, can you please jump on it? And she was nice enough to be like, yeah, all right, let's do this. And and now she's at Mad Cave Studios, but I'm hoping that then down the line, if, you know, things work out and we get some more, you know, she already said she'd love to, you know, edit the rest of, like, the series and i hope that can still happen because her voice is super important to this book like i can't see myself going forward forward without her yeah she's awesome and I, i'm i'm really glad she got to go to mad cave because that lion forge oni merger that was just Ugh. it was brutal yeah and yeah <laughs> yeah but um circling back to uh john real quick something i forgot to mention earlier um, I, I like that, you know, he's, um, a 911 dispatch because in mm -hmm. no universe is that an easy job. Um, you know, you know, I, I've had a family that work as 911 dispatches and there were some days that it was, it was grim sometimes. And so I like that, uh, again, that, you know, Samantha and John kind of play off each other in a partnership that they both get to um, see both the good and the bad. And I think, again, that is something that we don't really see in modern superhero books, because I have spent way too much of my life reading superhero books. And I always love it when we get to see, you know, narratives that are subverted a little bit, because more often than not, the love interest is usually just kind of, you know, plot. A, 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 like a plot device mm -hmm. so it, it is definitely interesting to see them both as fully formed characters and to see the partnership is fully formed i'm definitely getting a lot of uh, uh superman and lois vibes there 
Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and um, even in the uh, just the way that uh, Samantha and Maya interact, I- I'm actually getting um, a little bit of Spider Woman there too because we recently got to see her become a mother. Mm-hmm. And it- I love that book. Oh God, it's so great though. Yeah the the hope yeah the, the I love the the hopeless run. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it was yeah that was awesome. Sorry. <laughs> no no no, you're fine. I'm a huge Dennis Hopeless fan. Mm-hmm. but um so so it, it's it's really fun to see you know the best elements taken while at the same time you know you're completely subverting narratives of you know the, the same tropes that we see time and time again so yeah i um i definitely i john like since he supports her like he's there for her there has to be like a certain amount of fearlessness from him too. And I thought that was the right job for him. Like he's someone who, who deals with danger, who's seen some rough stuff. That's also why he tells her like in the middle, maybe you should stop this because things are getting pretty dark. He's been there. He's seen what happens when things get really bad. He knows the dangers, but that's also why he understands what she does. Cause he, he himself still, goes to that job every night knowing that things are grim so he he he's there not just as support but as someone who can relate and i thought that was important that these are two fearless people and that's why they're attracted to each other i think that's like you know you always find love in someone that you can relate to and i thought that was something they could relate to really well that they're both they're heroes they're both heroes I love that. Um, in the future, is there any like site like if you do get to continue this, is there any like point where you'll see more of what John does? Cause that way there is more of a parallel, like vocal like like sort of visualized for the audience and seeing how he struggles while also she's struggling like she did in this issue. Yeah, I definitely would love to explore the whole the whole Pierce family. I I'd love to see the world through Maya's eyes. I'd love to see the the world through John's eyes. Even like I I want to go deeper into John and how her world affects him and his world affects her. And I, I would I would love to also help John maybe mm, no, no, that's a sport. Well, I'd I'd love for John to get more involved <laughs> in, in in other parts of her. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll see John. Yeah, maybe we'll see John get to know that world a little more too. Ooh, all right. That actually sounds exciting. I can't wait to see what develops there. Right, and I don't want to give it away, but I have to say I think my favorite part of the book is the last page that's my the my the like i probably the my favorite thing that i've ever written we can go in guys like it's okay i'll just tell people on twitter hey read the book before you listen to this it'll help yeah <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean it's definitely worth the read oh thank you but i mean you know to see samantha and her mother <clears throat> and you know, you know, her mom trying to come to terms with it. Like, you know, she knows why Samantha's doing it, and she, you know, she respects her and she trusts her for it. But 
you know, kind of like a, why does it have to be you? Why do you do this? And then to transition to, you know, something just so sweet and so loving as, you know, Samantha just watching her daughter sleep. And with, you know, the, the poster of her right above her bed. And I think that is just, it, it's such a, it's such a powerful uh, couple of panels. It's a great page. And I, I do kind of like the whole generational thing that's happening there. And I think it's easily my favorite page in the book. Oh yeah. Mine's too. Uh, I'm going to have to buy that off of Matthew. He, he knocked it off the ballpark with that one. It was, it was really sweet. Oh yeah. His art is absolutely phenomenal throughout. Yeah, he wanted to go for like a Scott Pilgrim vibe, and I, I was like so down for it. We worked on another book, Karate Fox, and I told him like, "Hey, dude, do you want to do like a superhero book?" And he was like super excited, like, "Yes, yes, I want to make it like with a Scott Pilgrim feel." And yeah, he delivered. And he did, what I really loved is that he he was able to bring the emotion, especially in that last page. I, I thought it was so perfect. Like as I wrote it, I cried. When I saw it, I freaking burst it again in tears. It, it was perfect, and I when she says like yeah you know she's like the answer to that question of why do you do this and she's like she simply says because i can that came from the idea of like i thought to myself why do i love superman you know why, why do we all love superman what makes superman so amazing and it's because he does what he does simply because it's the right thing to do he, like he just he cares and that's what makes him such an endearing character. And that's actually the heart of a superhero. Like that was my whole thesis to this whole thing. What makes a superhero? And what makes a superhero? Selflessness. Like I'd like to believe that if Batman's parents never got shot in that alley, you, we'd still maybe have a Batman. We'd still have a guy that just felt like it was his duty. Because that, that's the heart of a superhero. It's someone who rushes into the building doesn't care about what happens to them because it's not about them. It's about everyone else. And that's what makes superheroes super. It's that idea that it's someone who's going to throw it all on the line just because. And that was important to me. Excellent. All right. Well, honestly, this was, this was actually an amazing conversation. Oh, Thank you so much for wanting to come on to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It was so much fun. You guys are awesome. Almost definitely. Whenever you have a new project, we would love to help you pimp it, get more people on the eyes on this. Cause like, I love your writing style. You have such a human way about doing things. So thank you so much for doing this. Well, I would, I would hope he oh, has a human you. way about writing. I'd be a little confused. <laughs> <than> anything else? <laughs> like you, you, you know what I mean? Like just like yeah, definitely. not like not only from that, but also like. He he actually went through the effort of trying to find the correct voice for these characters. Is what I'm trying to like, James. Get. Yeah, man, James. I have at least one smart ass joke per show. You know this. <laughs> That's true. You right. You right. All right, folks. Uh, like, like uh, do you want, like once again want to shout things out for folks that way they know where they can find you and find your work? Because you yeah, also sure. have uh, you also have a few other books on Comicsology, don't you? Yes, I do. I, I have the. The story I told you, like with uh, Ariana Mayer and Beverly Johnson, who did the cover actually for um for the World's Strongest. That lovely cover is by Beverly Johnson. We made a story um called A Moment in Time, and it's about these two children that spot the Loch Ness monster and make like have a long time friendship because of it. And one of those children grows up to go look for the Loch Ness monster, and maybe or maybe not goes to another dimension. I don't know. You'll have to read to find out. Oh, and wow. then there's Karate Fox, which if if you enjoyed the World's Strongest. 
that's like the origin story of the world's strongest in a way because that's where my colorist john Yuen and my collaborator in art matthew gelman that's where i met them like we we worked together on a story called karate fox about a butt kicking fox that's out to stop wolf of wall street from stealing the golden carrot of konohito it's, it's a fun little six-page oh. story if you want to check it oh, out wow. <laughs> I, I actually think it's free on my twitter just like yeah look around you'll find it i have it for free also if you want to try before you buy actually wait a moment in time is free right now too because of this whole you know horrible situation we're in right now i decided to just uh, put it for free on twitter i'll repost all this on my twitter right after this interview i'll, I'll put it up there yeah, you could actually right. read a moment in time and Karate Fox for free. And then if you really want to support it, you could go on Comixology and buy them. And I also, if you look at my Comixology page, page under Juan Ponce, you'll see that I also edited um, my friend Jose's story, Universe Protectors. I, well, he says I edited. I just had give him, you know, some pointers. He did most of the work. Like, it's like a crazy manga story. Like, you, everyone would dig it. Just check it out. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got a unique voice to it. And uh, let me see. Didn't. I haven't posted that yet. Yeah, so those are the stories I have available right now. Uh, there's, a, there's a short story coming out soon, probably to Comixology. Other sites, it's called A Match, and uh, you can look forward to that one. It will be out before the summer. And I have a big book coming out in the fall. Um, I'll say the name. It's called 33, and uh, it's with uh, Gavin Guidry uh, from uh, Going to the Chapel. And... Uh, yeah, Marco Finnegan, he, he also worked on it. Uh, Ellie Wright, who works on uh, Betty Page. And uh, again, uh, Ariana Mayer, who's like my comics guru. She's like always had my bag and helped me out since the first day I stepped into this ring. Uh, she's the letterer. Yeah, look for that one in the fall. That one's a big one. I, I really am excited to share that one. Like I'm getting pages every day from Gavin and this is like insane what he's delivering. Like, you think the big two are bringing it? Wait till you see this. This is some crazy stuff. All right. All right. Dope. Well, once again, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, the, the, this, was, this was definitely an amazing uh, time to have you on because we, we all got nothing but time. Uh, don't exactly. forget, folks. Yeah, all right. Don't forget, folks, you can check out this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, all those great podcast platforms. I'm still waiting to hear from iHeartRadio for this show. I don't know why it's taking so long. But uh, we're, we're still waiting on that. You can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. You can also follow the website on Comics Ground on Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground. And you can check out the website on comicsground.com. Put some hyphens between those words for me where you can find all of our reviews, previews, and solicitations when we are normally operational. Or you can find, check out our back issue reviews. We will be starting next week. All right, folks. Mary, do you have a closing statement for this episode? Um, like James said, we've got nothing but time, so pop on over to Comixology and do a little bit of shopping. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, my closing statement, as always, is support your local comic book shop if you can. I know a lot of stores are still trying to do like ma uh, mail mail order and pick up orders. Mm -hmm. Um, like some even have Comixology links, so reach out to your store if you can. Um, Juan, do you have a closing statement that you want to like give to the folks? Oh, uh, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you for getting me through this. Like I listen, I listen to this podcast like all the time at work because I'm catching oh, wow. up on episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'm right now. I'm getting to that. Uh, I'm going backwards. So right now I'm getting to that uh, Batman v Superman one, which is exciting. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, yeah. 
just oh yeah you can find short story I, I have like stories that aren't just on comicsology i have short stories that are free on my twitter so just check them out i'll repost them today uh at l uh, at l ozymandias uh yeah and th- that's about it i i hope i can come back and talk about 33 oh, i really think you, you, you oh, y'all will dig it oh thank you so much Oh, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and this was fun. Thank you so much. It was no so problem. Great. We will catch you folks right here next time on panel to panel. Peace out.